Welcome to The Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Well, hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on this premiere episode of The Good Divorce Show. And over the next hour, I hope to do a few things uh, with you in partnership. One, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the purpose of the show and the genesis and, and why I've decided to broadcast. Secondly, give you a little bit of background about me and my journey um, professionally and personally to this moment in time. And I hope to send you away with some good hard nuggets of, of advice to help guide you regardless of where you may be in the divorce conversation. You might be a grandparent out there listening who's have grandchildren who are walking through the journey of divorce. Maybe you are one of those people who has just been thinking and thinking and thinking, is this possible? Maybe you're in the thick of it. You're working with lawyers and you're soon to be ex-spouse and you just need a little bit of grounding. And I suspect we might also have some listeners with us today that are beyond the getting divorced part and are still trying to figure out how to be divorced. You have come to the right place. I am Karen McNinney, the Good Divorce Coach, and I'm a survivor. Let's start there. And I honestly think that getting to the other side of divorce is a little bit of a a survivor's journey. And there is a club of us out there. Some of us sit in shame or pain. Um, And what my hope is that we can move beyond those experiences into a story that is less destructive, less negative. I found myself facing this story over a decade ago. Um, My uh, father, the father of my children, my first husband, my ex-spouse, even just language, I tend to refer to him as my first husband. There has only been one, and he is still very much alive and well and lives down the street. And we have had over 10 years of what I am proud to say has been a healthy family living in two homes, which is not to say I'm proud my marriage ended in divorce, and I am not pro-divorce, but I am very much pro-family. And as I was walking towards that threshold of divorce and I looked around, I saw movies and TV shows and, oh, certainly the choir and choir and the People magazine covers. And what we have generally promoted and broadcast are these destructive, drama-driven, divisive, debt-loading divorce experiences. And frankly, I don't know about you, but I could not walk down that path. I knew that my marriage was coming to an end, that our journey together of bringing children into the world, sharing a home, was going to be complete. And I simply was looking for one example, maybe more, of a family that had figured out how to do it how to do it with grace and compassion and kindness, which actually is quite possible. But for so long, we've been told you need to lawyer up, get on either side of enemy lines and hope for the best. And knowing, of course, that our children were going to be forever destroyed in the process as well. And they may or may not graduate. They might end up becoming outlaws, you know, all sorts of dramatic stories. Um, And as I looked around, and I'm reminded of one of my mentors who always said, careful, Karen, whatever you go looking for, you are sure to find. So here at the Good Divorce Show, we are going to be looking for goodness. It's just that simple. And I found that in my journey, as I looked at my close neighbor, friend, colleague, Elkie Governson, and her family that continued to gather ex-spouses, current spouses, stepdads, stepchildren, everybody coming together. I looked to my friends, Jake and Jenny Fleming, who did not have children together, but had a business together, had a recording uh, studio together, shared a brand and a business and CDs with both of their names and faces. How did they unravel that? I looked to my friend, Lynn, 
who in her same-sex marriage had to navigate the invisible divorce in the same way that her marriage was divorced. I look to professionals like divorce coach Jill, who has made a commitment as well as me in helping people to guide their journey. I looked at Kelly and Kyle, who never got married but had a baby together and have become varsity players in the co-parenting world. These are some of the guests that I'm going to be bringing to the show. And I'm hoping that as you listen to the show, there are more names that come to mind. Maybe you're an adult child of divorce whose parents got it right. Or maybe it evolved over time. How old were you when your parents divorced? How did that impact you? How has it changed over the years? Maybe you're one of those professionals, mediator, lawyer, uh, therapist, or divorce coach like myself, who has also been committed to helping people move through this process with less shame and more grace. And maybe, like myself, you find yourself listening today, looking for some little treasure of hope, some possibility that you can carry on as a family without having to worry about running into each other in the grocery store and dodging down a different aisle so as not to run into someone that you had fallen in love with, that you had married with, that potentially you had children with. And to flush all of that seems a disservice to the family and to the process of unraveling your marital life into a divorced life. I'm reminded today that we're going live on Martin Luther King Day, January 16th, 2022. Been hearing lots of quotes from MLK celebrating a commitment to nonviolence, celebrating a commitment of understanding each other and our differences. And it seems so relevant as we talk about what, of course, is a painful and sometimes divisive journey through divorce, but it does not have to destroy us. And as MLK said, the time is always right to do what is right. So how do we find the right path through divorce? Generally speaking, I'm going to break the show up each week into three sections, before, during, after. Thinking about that journey of when we are in the process of contemplating, are we in, are we out? Am I in, am I out? Are we in counseling? Should we be out of counseling? Should we live together? Should we live apart? What will this mean? How will we communicate it with our kids? So many thoughts. So we will always talk about that before chapter. Of course, we'll talk about the during chapter chapter as well. For those of you that might be navigating the legal landscape of divorce and reminding you to not allow the legal system to hijack the story that you are writing for yourself, that you're writing for your family. We need the support of our legal professionals, but there's a big difference between how do we get divorced and then how are we divorced? How do we be divorced? And the new relationship that comes after the fact. Not for everybody. Some people don't share businesses. They don't share children. Maybe they don't even share the same community and they're able to cut ties quite easily and simply. But for most of it, it is a much more complicated process. And we recognize that the marriage may be ending, but more often than not, the relationship is not ending. These are forever relationships. And for those of us that have shared children, it means that we will also share grandchildren, weddings, funerals, birthday parties, ballet, and piano recitals. How can we do so with a smile on our face and even in our heart as we think about the sort of relationship? that we wanna share with our former spouses and with our children and with new spouses and maybe even bonus children. We'll also give some time and attention to step-parents and blended families as we think about navigating those challenging relationships as well. So by way of background, as I mentioned, I was looking for something positive 
to get me through my own divorce journey and people. I was looking for the good divorce, which is two words we don't even hear together very often. And that might be the paradigm shift, the very paradigm shift that our communities far and wide need to hear and how we support that. And for those of you on the other side that might be listening in, I'm going to remind you, it is never too late to have a good divorce. Before we go into our first break, I wanted to share a couple of ideas for those of you that might find yourself in the pre-contemplation simmering. And for anyone out there who finds themselves thinking or saying, oh, those divorced people, you know, they're not willing to do the work. Oh my goodness. They just took the easy way out. Oh, they, they didn't even try. I would say 99.9% of the time, that is a big fat lie. It is a untruth. Most of us who have walked through the journey know that it is anything but easy. It is often a long, arduous process. And more often than not, we know our truth long before we speak it. And during that time, which is kind of like an ugly purgatory, the messy middle, are we in, are we out? Should I speak with them? Should I not? Should we go to more counseling? Maybe I need a retreat. Maybe we could pump up uh, uh, the bedroom life. Maybe all the different ways that we look to save and fight for our marriages. At some point, we arrive at the threshold and we recognize, what would it look like if I were fighting for the good divorce? What if I got really conscious and intentional about that journey? And reminding yourself that it is a grief process. And more often than not, you know, we talk about the stages of grief and there's bartering and denial and acceptance. And, and then maybe we go back to anger and, and then we go back to denial. It's, it's more like a ping pong ball in a shoebox. There is nothing linear about this process. And the other thing to keep in mind is so often when we finally arrive in the conversation with our spouse, our partner, the parent, co-parent of our children, there are two different divorces going on. Just like in the marriage, there is often two different marriages going on. And that perspective is one that giving sensitivity to is going to get you a long way. Often there is the lever and the left. And the person who's leaving more likely than not, has been packing the psychic parachute. It's been thinking about how we might talk to the kids. What might our parenting arrangement be? Could we afford another house? Where would we live? Who would move out? Who would stay? And then you finally broach this conversation with your partner who very well may be taken by complete surprise. Now, more often than not, that's not the that's not the truth either. However, coming into the conversation, knowing you're moving at different paces. And probably the strangest thing that I might say to all of you who are in that contemplation, are we in, are we out? Particularly if you have children in your home that you will be raising together, I encourage you to think about leaving while there is still love. And that is counterintuitive. Most of us go down the path and blow the whole thing up, set it on fire, destroy any bridges that we might need in the future so that we can justify the departure. And the reality is, if you're raising kids together, if you're sharing a community or a business, you're going to need those bridges. You're going to need a place where you can still find each other in your communication. And leaving while there is still some goodness there is going to help build up that foundation. Regardless of how we come to the decision of divorce, when we arrive, we need support. We need individuals to understand where we're at. I'm hoping that this show, The Good Divorce Show, is not only going to provide support to those of you moving through, during, and after divorce, but also for your friends and family members who may not know how to support you. When we return, we'll talk a little bit about the journey of when we are in the heat of it, as well as the things that you might be wanting to do, needing to do, 
as you navigate the post-divorce climate. I'm Karen McNinney, your host. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more ways to find your path to the good divorce. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Hello and welcome back to The Good Divorce Show. Happy to be chatting with you today on our premiere episode, Helping to Guide Families and individuals through a more graceful, kind, and compassionate divorce process. And by all means, if you're out there listening and you have a question, I would love to chat with you, would love to hear where you are finding success and struggles. Uh, I've been really intentional as we've approached this show to make sure that we are highlighting positive examples. You may know someone out there, you may be someone out there, who has a story or an example or a best practice um, inside your own experience. Would love to hear those. Would love to get some suggestions of future guests as well as topics. And as I mentioned before the break, we're we're always going to kind of take three stepping stones through our time together. The before, the during, and the after. One of the most important mantras that I give to my clients when I am doing coaching is that as we walk down this divorce path, rule number one, do no more harm. Do no more harm, which means every text message that you draft, every email, every comment that you make publicly to friends or family about your former spouse, uh, how you speak about this experience in front of your children, just taking that pause and recognizing, are my words and actions do they have the potential to do harm? And if so, is there a way in which you can rephrase or redirect so that you can bring your best self to the process? And that's asking a lot for us when we are feeling maybe betrayed, wounded, devastated. As I was coming to the end of my marriage, our children were five and seven years old when we became one family living in two homes. That's young. And inviting me to bring my best self to the process was really was asking a lot some days. And I recognize that even just simple things, getting exercise, making sure that I'm eating, 
nourishing my spiritual self and letting my friends know what I needed and to ask for help. I had a wonderful circle of girlfriends who established what we called the power hour. It's hard to ask for help. And I recognized that as I was moving into a single parent household with young children, I was starting to get a little buried and underwater. And I had permission from this group of friends to just send out the call. I need a power hour. I've got laundry to do, dishes to get done, a lawn to mow. I'm not getting caught up. I'm feeling underground, underwater. Who can show up? And I had four women show up for me and take care of all of those tasks just so I could feel supported, so that I could feel above water again and and kind of get through the next day. And the beautiful thing is that when those women and I were chatting, well, really two beautiful things that came of that. One, they all said, Karen, thank you for giving me permission to also ask for help. And we began the power hour exchange and it was in and out. What do I need? Here's the list. Who's the crew boss? Let's get after it. The other thing that happened is there were some repairs in the house. I needed some new light fixtures and some electrical work and some replacement of light fixtures, a toilet that needed to be replaced. Many of us know divorce is also a time where our bank accounts shrink. There is an overhead that can be really challenging. Well, it just so happened that this group of women had a number of husbands who were quite handy and had tool belts and knew how to use them. And so they showed up one night. Funny enough, after I had put the children to bed, thank goodness, young kids just sleep heartily. And this little crew of elfin husbands showed up at my front door with their tools. And in the matter of an hour, toilets were changed out. Electrical was fixed. There were new light fixtures. There was rearranging of furniture. I suddenly felt like I had a house that was a little bit more of my own and a little bit less of that family home that was filled with ghosts. So again, be sure that you're clear about what it is that you need and ask for help. And honestly, the burden ends up sitting a bit with those of us that are going through the divorce. I find that publicly, people don't always know what we need. Should we even talk about it? There's lots of side whispers going on. Maybe there's even some uh, gossip and drama. You are writing the story of your divorce alongside your community. So have conversations when you're in the middle of it with the school teachers of your children, their caregivers, the family, the neighbors, uh, the grandparents. I know that my first husband and I, we put together a whole communication plan. It was like project management 101, which helped us move through it. And it also helped those around us. And we started down the road of the do-it-yourself divorce. And there are those of us out there who can do it. In the end, we couldn't do it. We did invite two lawyers into our story. We just found that we kept repeating the same cycles and habits of our marital relationship, which makes total sense. And I remember sharing with one of my advisors and and close confidants one day of like, oh, he's just doing all the same things. It's so frustrating and challenging. And we're running into the same roadblocks. And they just looked at me and they said, Karen, your first husband is the same person as your divorced husband. The, you are going to run into the same things. And that's the reminder that you're shifting the habitat, the environment, the circumstances in which you will raise your children so that you don't have those same challenges. So I come back around to this idea of do no more harm and protecting what you have. Another element in this is the idea of indifference. And I remember our, our, our fourth and final marriage counselor saying to us, part of your goal is to become indifferent towards each other. I'm not even sure if I understood what that word meant when she said it. it. It translated in the moment of like, just stop caring. You don't care about each other. It didn't matter. Make it disappear. Well, I was a little wrong on the definition and I was really wrong on the intent. I care deeply about the father of my children and 
my extended family, uh, the in-law outlaws, and uh, how they come into our life, that the family, again, has stayed intact. And he came from a divorced family, my former spouse. And he was another, if you will, kind of hallmark in watching as his mother and father, mother who had remarried, um, but all the family members, stepdads, children gathered together when there were family gatherings without, you know, without struggle, with just love on their heart and realizing it's possible. So coming back to this idea of, you know, my work as a divorce coach, and it took a long time to recognize that this was a call that I was hearing as people were turning to our family and asking questions. How do you do it? I remember uh, us as a family being at one of the children's events and the advisor coming up to us and saying, I'm just not sure. Are you actually, are, I heard maybe you were divorced. Are you divorced? Um, I'm, I'm wondering if I need to send home two packets. Are there two different emails I should be communicating with? And I, again, I felt pretty good about the fact that you wouldn't be in a room and feel the vitriol or witness the distance between us or inability to sit next to each other in the in the bleachers as our children sang their Christmas songs or performed in their basketball games or in their dance concerts. Do no more harm is a very, very useful mantra. So the journey went on and eventually in the pandemic, I, I got to tell you, bef before this chapter, I've worked 20 plus years in, in corporate America. I've had my own consulting business as a business educator, facilitator, speaker, mostly helping humans get along better at work. Also challenging some days. And clients were reaching out to me to help with their teams and, and uh, co-work relationships that were maybe a little bit more heated. Sometimes we we had employees who actually just needed help breaking up with their jobs because breaking up is hard to do. Am I right? Breaking up is hard to do. Dr. Henry Cloud has this wonderful book titled Necessary Endings. In some ways, you don't even need to read the whole book. The title kind of says it all. How we navigate the time in our life and in our career where we need to let go of relationships that were perhaps no longer serving us. Sometimes I think about these, these marriages that start to go bad. It, it's a little like the mayonnaise jar in the refrigerator. And maybe it's a brand new mayonnaise jar and it still has lots of mayonnaise in it, but it sits there for a while. It's been unattended, unused, maybe even forgotten. And you take it out and oh, sure enough, there is some of that green moldy gunk starting to build up around the edge of the lid. But look at the rest of this jar. There is still good value in that. I'm not throwing that jar out. So we wipe off the beginning of the moldiness. We put the jar back on. We continue to, to scrape around the edges to access the good mayonnaise. But there is a part of us that knows this mayonnaise jar is going bad. And we may just leave it there and leave it there and leave it there. And then, and then we start putting memories in, in the pantry of life, right? We take things out of the fridge and we're like, well, I'm going to dehydrate this and I'm going to can it and I'm going to put it in the pantry and I'm going to keep it there to remind me of the betrayal and the pain, remind me of who was right and who was wrong. I'm telling you folks, be a good gardener. Take that garbage out of the pantry that no longer serves you and put it in the compost pile of life. Let it transform into something that has value, that can fertilize a new garden for you and your family. You don't need to hold on to it. And that is one of the things we'll talk about is then how do we let go of those pains? How do we take from the pantry and put it into the compost pile so that we can transform? These are the things that I was thinking about for years as I was navigating through my divorce working with clients in corporate America, businesses, nonprofits, government agencies, big and small, and realizing that, you know, what happens at the dining room table goes to the desk at work and vice versa. So after 20 years of helping to improve the experience at the desk, 
so that we may have better relationships at our dining room table. I've now taken a reverse approach and helping families and folks like you starting at the dining room table, starting with our most intimate, private, sacred relationships with co-parents, partners, spouses, whether it was two years or 62 years, being in relationship is complicated. And if you find yourself struggling, again, offer grace to yourself because we spend a lot of time learning how to do things. Like, for instance, as as I've watched my children who are now, oh my goodness, 16 and 18 years old, we are getting to ready to launch. So I feel like I've really been in the heat of co-parenting across two households for an extended period of time. And when we think about moving into uh, that co-parenting relationship and making it better at the dining room table so that part of that intimate relationship can show up at work in a better way, at the grocery store, at our churches and our schools, our extra, our own extracurricular activities, that we can find a path that doesn't need to be hijacked uh, by lawyers, um, You know, I started to research how I could help people more distinctly in this process. And that's when I found the Certified Divorce Coaching Program, a very long, extensive program. I had already trained as a mediator because that became really helpful in the work I was doing in my uh, business settings of helping people to find a common ground, better understanding of each other. And then went on and became a a certified divorce coach, as well as a co-parenting specialist. Add that to my graduate work in integrative drama and movement therapy, and you kind of got a one-stop shop to support individuals, again, not in just the process of how do we get divorced, but then what do we do once we're divorced? And after our next break, we're going to talk a little more about the specifics of the divorce relationship, particularly for those of you who may be sharing a business name, who might still be collaborating on projects side by side, who might still be sharing a very intimate community of friends and or neighbors, and most certainly those of you who have children between you. And if your children are over age 18 and you think, that you can dismiss the impact of divorce because your children are grown, adults, maybe in college or beyond, we will also explore the impact that it can have on any age, whether they're four months old or 44 years old, parents getting divorced matters and it matters how we do it. As you're listening, I hope you're thinking about, oh, those folks that we met while on vacation, those individuals down the street, oh, my Uncle Bob, oh, my own parents. If there are people out there in the world that you know have had a good divorce experience, have had a significant story, children who have uh, transcended above the waterline into a healthy, vibrant life, maybe in spite of your parents' divorce, but maybe also because of their divorce And we have been shy about wanting to say anything positive about the divorce experience because our only story is that we shouldn't do it, avoid it at all costs, and it is shame-based. Divorce continues to happen, not only in my country of America, but across the world. And post-pandemic, we're seeing a lot of divorce numbers on the rise. So can we together, collectively, find a way in which to bring more insight, more heart, more compassion to the divorce story and bring it out of the shadows and into the light. What's your story? What is your story going to be? What is the story that you might be starting to write at this very time? So keep listening with me after the break. We are going to dive into the post-divorce story, which is where most of the work takes place, raising these children across homes, complicated communication. Maybe you have different styles. Perhaps you're even living long distance from each other. How can we put our children into the center of the story as we 
show up as our very best selves to support them, as well as our former spouse, as we move down the good divorce path. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Hello, welcome back. Here we are talking about divorce. Who in their right mind would want to become a divorce coach and spend their spare time talking about divorce? I got to tell you, I find this to be some of the most rewarding work I've ever been a part of. It feels like a life call and a mission to support folks just like me. I've walked down the path. I've had those mornings on the bathroom floor in a puddle wondering, will it ever get better? And I'm here to tell you, it will, and it will take longer than you want, than you expect, and it will be some days you'll wonder if you if you really even want to go on. And, and this is one of the reasons why I am launching The Good Divorce Show. The isolation and shame in this journey uh, can be really quite acute, and we shouldn't be walking it alone. Honestly, we can't walk it alone. And so for that reason, we'll continue to talk and hear not just from experts, but from actual living, breathing humans, just like you from around the world who have had a good divorce experience. What have they done? What do they do differently? How has it changed over time? And as we wrap up our last segment today, in the next uh, 15 minutes or so, I want to give you a few tangible tips to think about if you are in the post-divorce journey raising children together. Maybe it's not even children-centric, but maybe there are aging parents between you that you both are supporting and you're needing to maintain some semblance. Maybe you own a business together. Maybe you're unwinding and unraveling that part. It might be your community of friends. Oh my goodness, friends out there, try not to pick. Can we all just choose love and find your path to support both of these individuals? who are going through a challenging, challenging um, experience. Again, one that can be met with grief and relief. That's probably one of the most difficult things about divorces. It is such a complex hodgepodge of emotions. And there are days where you will feel great relief getting to the other side, moving through this decision. We've talked to the kids, we're in two homes, and then bam, a grief moment will sneak in, and maybe it's seeing an intact family at the playground 
mom and dad holding hands, playing with their kids, and it might just put a a knife right through your heart. Maybe it's the holidays coming up and realizing we have one less stocking this year hanging on the mantle. Maybe it's that you have to show up at a family event and you're going to have to answer the story, answer the questions over and over again. Where's your spouse? How's it going? What happened? And the worst question of all. So why did you get divorced? Why didn't the marriage work? Oh my heavens. That's an impossible question for anybody to answer. So just don't even ask it. Just check in with them. How are you doing today? What can I do that would make today easier? Those are the ways that we support our friends and family members that are going through divorce. Don't ask them to unpack the marriage and the decision because I don't know. I think every marriage comes to an end for 5,000 reasons, and five of them might actually be really relevant to the unraveling of any marriage. It's complex, and even the two people in the story making the decision can probably find their own challenge of unraveling the why. So here we are. We find ourselves in divorce. What are a few things and a couple questions that have been coming in from callers already? You know, the big one is if we have children, how do we talk to our children? And let me just highlight, we'll go more deeply into this as the show continues. And you'll hear from families and how they chose to talk with their children. So it's very individual, like anything in this process. How old are your kids? If they're the under age of three, It's going to be a very different conversation than if they're 13 or if they're 23. So being age appropriate and what that might mean and getting maybe some professional help from a divorce coach or a co-parenting specialist, a, a therapist, someone who can help you navigate. I think the most important thing when we answer the question of how do I talk with my children about this is that you actually do some pre planning. You write out it may not be a verbatim script, but maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe it's you you write it as a letter to your children and, and you read it to them. Or maybe you write a letter to your three-year-old that you want them to read at 13 when they start to ask those questions. Oh boy, I remember I found myself in that moment, probably five, six years post-divorce when one of my children was on the ski lift with me and they turned to me out of the blue as one does when they are a tween. So who is the decider? Now, I knew what my child was asking, but I was trying to adhere to one of my rules, which is always answer the question that is actually being asked. Your children might be asking about where Santa Claus is going to find me. They might be asking, will I still share a room with my sibling?" And, and we as adults sometimes want to leap into the whole big epic story, which is not necessary, nor is it often helpful. And so I asked my child again, uh, the decider of what? I knew what she was asking, yes, but I asked for clarification. And it was very simple. They just wanted to know who was the decider. And I thought, oh, And here we begin to unfold the story as it grows and changes over time. If at all possible, I encourage both parents to sit down with their children. And maybe it's your parents you need to have the conversation with, or maybe it's the teachers of your children. Being thoughtful about the process like any other communication initiative that you were to take up in work, in the government, across town, in the neighborhood, Be thoughtful about it. Think about the timing of it and that you as the parent have the responsibility to guide your children intentionally and thoughtfully through this process. And then after it happens, I encourage you, keep talking about it. It's not one and done. I feel the same way about sex education. It is an ongoing conversation. It is not the talk that happens once and never again. And the easiest question to ask your children is simply put, so how are things going in two homes? How is your life in two homes? Which is different than drilling for information about how things are going in the other household. 
that's not appropriate. Do not turn your children into the Paul Revere who is moving information between adults. That's up to you. We all know, don't put your children in the middle. And we do it in very subtle, unconscious ways. And maybe there is someone in your life who's close to you who can just keep an eye and ear out for when that might be happening. And so we ask and we check in. How is it going? What do you need? Do you have your belongings? Oh, do we need more toothbrushes? Do we need to make sure we've got gear in both places? We will spend some time on The Good Divorce Show talking about transitions and gear and personal belongings and how we support our children who we now, in most cases, have asked to live in two homes. That is not an easy task. And as you move through uh, the, really what becomes a logistical journey, it's project management. I want to give you one more specific tip that might help one of our listeners today. And it's the creation of, a, of a, what we called in our household, the boomerang folder. It's the folder that goes back and forth between houses that has communication. And early on, it used to have, you know, just artwork, papers that were coming home from school so that both parents could see them and be informed and involved in the children's life. There might be a permission slip that needs to be signed or an overview of a field trip that both parents need to see. Communicating with your teachers to help them know that we're a one family living in two homes means that we might need two sets of documentation. It might mean that when that email gets sent, it gets sent to both parents each and every time. When there's a schedule for the basketball game or concerts coming up, making sure that your partners uh, in your children's life have the information to help you all be successful. And then to also be really proactive yourself. If you don't have the information, go find it. And then sharing that information with your co-parent. And that's how we use the boomerang folder. We could put notes in there appropriate. Anything private wouldn't be something that we would share with the children, but they may have proud things, um, especially when they're young. And then it turns into, oh, we, we need to figure out the summer job. Oh, here's the information for the driver's license. Oh, now we're buying car insurance together. Uh-oh, now it's time to talk about going to college, which is where I find myself as my daughter prepares to graduate this year and head off to college. Her father and I are in all sorts of new conversations that we didn't necessarily realize 11, 12 years ago that we would once again be talking about finances, shared finances, where she would go, filling out the FAFSA, which is our government financial aid forms. And I'll tell you what, having a foundation of positive communication over the last decade has not only helped us in that moment, but it's helped us to build the foundation to now launch our children, which is still very much a shared process and an enthusiastic process. I might even go as far to say that during these teenage years, bumpy to start with, however, Dad and I, we've kind of found a shared enemy in our children, <laughs> the teenagers. <laughs> we find support in each other and commiserating a bit when those teenagers are bouncing around in their own emotional journey, trying to find their footing and knowing that they have solid ground. They have unified parents who absolutely talk about them, talk on their behalf, as we do planning to get them launched into their own young adult and then adult life. It is not an on-off switch at 18 or at high school graduation. There is a dimmer switch that takes over the family and it turns up and it turns down and it turns up and it turns down in terms of the kind of family um, support and the parental support that our children are going to need. I also want to remind each and every one of you today as we approach the top of the hour, particularly those of you that do share children. For most of us, those children were created from love. They are the manifestation of love. And whether those children have come to you through other families, adoption, surrogates, IVF, your own birth process, whatever it might be, we choose to bring them into our life 
and we must continue to choose to love them through our life. And the more we can do that by being sensible about our divorce journey, the more hope and support that we can give to them as they have solid ground again to launch from. And so I come back again to this spirit of Martin Luther King on this holiday and reminding people that at some point in the discussion, in the divorce journey, we have to ask ourselves, what is most important, being right or making it right? And our righteous self will fight and fight and fight if the rightness is the most important thing. But more often than not, being right is eclipsed by our pursuit of just making it right. What can we let go of? What is the journey in the battle that no longer matters, that we no longer need to fight against? And in doing so, we have the opportunity to bring more hope, joy, and grace to one another. It is possible to have a good divorce. And remember, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's just not the end. Thank you so much for joining me today in this premiere episode, welcoming our listeners and our community as we set out together to create more positive stories for families moving through divorce and individuals. I'm your host, Karen McNenny. Happy to have you with us. And I hope that you'll join me again next week when we listen in on Jake and Jenny Fleming, beautiful artists, divorced over a decade, continue to make music together and to share a community of musicians. They've got wonderful stories. Join me next week, every Monday on Voice America. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week. Thank you.